to the Eric Andrews Lang Show, everybody. Thanks to Precision Pro for having us on. Go to precisionprogolf.com. It's like we're guests of our own show. Is that what it feels like? Sometimes. You went on a guest of a RGC radio show last week. How are you doing, Jojo? I'm doing okay. What was your sleep routine like this weekend? You're always curious. I feel like maybe you didn't get enough sleep. Why, why do you say that? Do you think I'm not sharp? Like, do you think there's... You seem a bit... Foggy? Not, you seem a bit... <laughs> Yeah, you see, no, I just, par, it's partially that, but it's also that I read this article this weekend about how weekend routine, it's like kind of like you stay up a little later, you wake up a little later, you eat a little differently, and all of a sudden, Monday's hard. Um, and I'm wondering if that's what you're experiencing right now. Let me give you the, the three things that I'm experiencing with my sleep routine, because there are three distinct things. First of all, use code E-R-I-K-ERIC at precisionprogolf.com for $20 off your next rangefinder For better sleep. Yeah, and for better sleep because you need to scope in where that pillow is going to be. You'll, um, you'll sleep better if you hit more greens too. Yeah, uh, fairways and regulation and greens and regulation always improve my sleep cycle even though I've been doing more and more night golf recently. Boom. So I have been staying. Have you really? Yeah, yeah, I got those glow balls. Where have you been playing? I'm a big fan. So in Austin, there's a... Oh, I, man, I hope they're not listening and they come and catch me like a <laughs> butterfly net or something. Uh, Butler Pitch and Putt is they don't care is a great facility so you just sneak on well i want your opinion on this because does it count as sneaking on if there are no gates walls or fences is there a sign ever that says closed i don't i haven't seen a sign it's dark to be fair have you not looked and i might be turning a blind eye but again it's like kind of it has public park vibes to it there's an old thing that says don't take what hasn't been offered to you that, I have a feeling Jesus, Butler at night has not been offered to you. Did, did Jesus say that? Say no, that's that. the Buddha. Oh, that is the, Siddhartha. My apologies. Yeah. Um, that being Jesus. said, it's Butler's, it's really nice green complex. Hey, but I'll go play Butler at night with you anytime. <laughs> I'll you go want, do it tonight. You, you want to come? I think, I'm, I think I might actually go back and do it tonight. Just the wait is so long if you go yeah. during rush hour. Yeah. You got groups of eight out there. It's kind of a great equation. You know, wait is long when the sun is high. Mm-hmm. So let's go when there's no sun at all. No wait, no people. And You might even die out there. Okay, well, that's bad, Juju. <laughs> uh, um, and what I'll do is I'll take, I'll take the club ball. It'd be a great place to die. Butler Pitch and Putt? Any golf course. What's the best way to die in a golf course? Like, like what's your heroic... Long range rifle. <laughs> Straight to the dome. <laughs> I think worst way is carding accident. I think that's pretty. Oh yeah, that's that'd pretty be funny. that'd be so embarrassing because you know you were fucking around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> get, get, get the governor. You know you're being a dumbass. Is, is doing that. Yeah, like no, the best way would be like it'd be like heart attack. Heart attack would be the best way. I think so. On a hole in one, like see the ace. Maybe not a heart attack. Maybe it would just into the cup. I think it would just. Be, oh, you know, what would be really good is hole in one straight into spontaneous combustion. <laughs> You just explode into like a jellyfish. I do think maybe it's the hold the one iron in the sky and get hit mm. by lightning. Lightning would be college. Yeah. So the thing is, I don't think you would die. I think if I get hit by lightning, I think I will maintain and maybe even strengthen. I think that's the same part of you that thinks if there was like a, an incident in the air and the pilot couldn't land the plane. I could do could, it. You could do it. I would first of all get through the, you know, like chamber. The, the, the cockpit, yeah. The, into the cockpit. Uh-huh. Some, that'd be its own little show. Sure. Breaking into the puzzle. Planes moving side to side. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I'd get up there and um, I'd be like, oh, it's just like a video game. And yeah. be a very fast, very fast. Descent. There would be people to talk you into it. Just like a naked gun, you know? 
<laughs> I would, put on the headset yeah, and they'd be like, I'd get on the sir? headset and they'd be like, sir, and I'd be like, it's okay. This I'm used to. <laughs> I've had headphones on before and you're, taken direction. Like, you get in, you're like, are you guys recording? I've got a hell of a story. <laughs> uh, the other sleep study I saw, I saw this earlier today. Teenagers right now mm. are waking up in the middle of the night. Their circadian rhythms have been completely malformed by the use of cell phones. Oh, really? They're waking up in the middle of the night every night to check their phones. They're losing, on average, an entire night of sleep per week. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but also, I could. there's there's also um, like some anecdotal stories about how people back in the 1700s used to wake up in the middle of the night, light up a candle, read a little bit of a book, you know what I mean? And for an hour, they would like they would put on the nightcap, sit by the window, you know. Man, you fucking had me for like 20 seconds. No, I'm serious, dude. No, what do you mean? People in the 17th century couldn't read. No, no. Okay, fine. 1800s. I don't know when, but like it was whenever there were candles and reading and books. Uh, like they would the get Scrooge up and do thing, that. Like they, yeah. with a little nightcap, the nightcap. and everything. Yeah, they'd they'd get up and they'd, re- they'd like read whatever they're reading. Yeah, they'd go pop open some O. Henry, you know, sure. and uh, you know just get twisted around some short story that's got like a wild little ending. 30, 40 minutes later, they go back to bed. So they would have two sleeps. Do you think... It was common. Yeah, but are you saying like that was a good thing for the youth? I'm just saying it's not just cell phones. It could also just be humanity. Like, by the way, Mm -hmm. the world has been warmer than it is now. Not to say I'm a climate change denier. Sure. But on a long enough timeline, it's not that hot. Uh, Yes. Of course, multiple mass extinction events in between. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm a fan of, you know, reversing the impact that we have on the planet. Absolutely, yeah. Um, did you see the thing where medieval serfs were... There's some, some scholar came out with a large article of an opinion that medieval serfs had a better life work-wise than we do today. Whoa. Than the average person. They had more time off. They had lower stress levels. They had more quality of life. Quality of life mm. because the the year was built around festivals and harvests. Yeah, they were chilling, dude. I mean, it was like the Hobbit. Everybody was having a good time in the Hobbit. Yeah, except for the uh, except for the orcs. Those guys, bad time. The orcs. I mean, they were made for one purpose. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Digging in the dark. The elves, though, the elven, the mm-hmm. they were just Cape Blanchett and you don't need to tell me this. I, Tyler. I'm, I'm all up on this new Lord of the Rings. Orlando show. Bloom. Like I'm, that was the crew. Vigo Mortensen, that was the crew to hang with. If you if they you live could forever. choose, yes, they they live forever, which to me doesn't sound like the most fun thing in the world. I'd be down with it. No way. I would. I, when you say forever, you mean a long time. I'm older than you. Yes, but, but almost I'm, forever, exponentially. I see, so. I see something different in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I would say like 500 years. I would be. I'd I'd be happy with that. Seven lifetimes. Seven lifetimes. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, I think that's a good amount of time. Where towards the end, around for age four hundred and forty, mm-hmm. where's your golf game at? <laughs> Short game's excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait. So, but so wait. The Gen Zs like uh, they can't get off the phone even when they're sleeping. What's your What's your phone routine? Do you what? Do you get the status report every week? I'll I'll tell my numbers right now. Uh, I'm not yeah. happy with them, but I'll tell them. I don't really. I mean, the problem is for me, like I try not to beat myself up about the phone because yeah. a lot of my work is actually on the phone. Mm-hmm. A lot of my work is actually like weirdly like texting or, you know, sometimes like being on Instagram as much as I would like to avoid it. But in the evening, I, um, yeah, I try to be off the phone mostly as much as possible. I really try to. Um, 
I'm really, I need to, I need to do the thing. I need to get the alarm clock. I, I did that for a while, mm. last year or so, last year and a half. I'm back on just using my phone as an alarm clock. Yeah. So it's like right there by the bed to turn off my alarm in the morning. I'm looking at my phone. Yeah. And then I'm on Twitter. And What's I'm your looking. morning routine? My morning routine? You need to put something in between looking at the phone and waking up. Well, put something in an there. alarm clock would be nice. Yeah, but that's like... Like that That would be like a buffer. So yeah, but that's like taking a, like that's like taking a drug that keeps you from getting high so you stop taking drugs. Yeah. I don't know if I totally agree with that. Um, just use self-control, my guy. Oh, just like plug, just turn on self-control? Just like yeah, enab- just, enable? Just focus on it. You know, just measure your own level of self-control throughout the month. What's your morning routine right now? I, I wake up and I meditate in bed. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you minutes. wake up? Like an alarm goes off, or usually an alarm goes off, but I try to set the alarm so that I have the chance to wake up naturally first. Okay. Do you have so this morning? Have, I set the alarm for six forty five, but I woke up at six thirty. Yeah. What what's your is it light? Like is your bed facing? Yeah, the window the window shades are open. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's massive. It helps. Um, in Alaska, we oh, when God. in the winter we I did have the sun lamp thing. Yeah. Like the uh, the it's an alarm. Yeah, and it gradually turns on light to mimic the sun's rays to try to like. Is that the is that a sodium lamp? The same is that the lamp that you can grow weed with? (laughs) Yes, it like mimics the sun. Yeah, I didn't use it for that. Weed is legal in Alaska. You grew JoJo. Yeah, I I mean not well. (laughs) It was it wasn't the matrix. It wasn't great for nutrients in that time of year. Like in Alaska, I would just stay in my pod all day. Um, yeah. Anyway, no, I think you just put something in between waking up and looking at the phone, stretching. Stretching, meditating. stretching, meditating, things th- yeah, things I've definitely done before. I don't know. The, it's hard. The routine, it's committing to the routine is obviously the hardest part. When you go on, like you just you came do back. You do one day at a time. Yeah, one day at a time. When you come back from like a three-week trip, three-week trip though, do you just like, can you just step back into it? There's no way you can do it when you're on the road. I keep the routine on the road. You keep the routine. Yeah. Yeah, I meditate every morning. What about when you're, when you have flights at 2 a.m. and you're, and then you're, you're okay well that's yeah tra- travel day is different but okay. i will still meditate that day mm-hmm. you think that's fundamental to your like happiness in life absolutely i've tried to go like a couple of days or a week without it and yeah. i just start to see the world differently it just starts to go into the upside down what what's your opinion on um do you subscribe to the the old paradigm that good range session equates bad around absolutely never hit the range yeah, so what's so what is the golf routine then? Show up a little bit late. Yep. And uh be relaxed about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And just uh you know, go play some golf. Just play the ball. Give yourself the freedom for a round. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still I'm still young enough maybe uh where I just experiment all the time with what I'm doing with golf. Right. I'm like like maybe I'll with sh- your wrist? No, like maybe I'll show up early. Yeah. Maybe I'll hit a bucket of balls. That's cool. Maybe I'll show up late. Maybe I'll be, you know, maybe I'll be drinking before. Maybe I'll be yeah. like, oh, okay. I'll, and, and I have yet to, I've yet to crack the code. Yeah, I mean, right now for you, it's all about variety. That's exciting. Spice you know? of life. Yeah. You, you maybe should try to only do something you've never done. That, that I want to do for my morning routine. Yeah. Well, well then stop looking at Twitter because you've already done that. Yeah. I, you're a hundred percent correct. About and you don't need the alarm clock. That's just, that's like a construct. You're better than that. I'm very proud of my bio clock. Yeah, great. Are we talking about that? We're talking about your ability to look at Twitter or not? <laughs> is this an, in- is this an intro? I'm looking around. It's a soundproof room. Monday morning. Um, no, but I, I, um, 
I uh, I did want to talk about um, the movie I saw this weekend. Do tell. Are you into horror films? Sure, yeah. I'm not. I uh, I grew up not being able to watch any scary movies. Like like because of um you you were not allowed to or you or you were physically unable to. Both my parents are scared of uh, scary movies, mm. and I think I I had that for a long time. I wasn't I we're all college, scared of scary movies? But they were like. They were like, oh, I can't watch them. They're too scary. Like, yeah. I really don't like jump scares. The first scary movie I saw was The Shining. Not even really a scary movie. More of a psychological thriller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that was in college. Yeah. And since then, I've, I've been like, okay, can I watch a little more? Can I watch a little more? Which one did you watch? Was it new or an old one? Barbarian. The new Barbarian movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Is it. Should I go watch it? It's really good. Is it part of any like IP franchise kind of deal? Or is I believe it- not completely kind of on its own but as i said i don't like horror films yeah so this was a suggestion mm-hmm. from a friend and i was like that sounds terrible is it in streaming or did you go you go to the theater we went to the theater we went to the amc barton creek great okay do you go to the um i don't want to get theater technical here but i love a good theater did yeah. you go to the theater the they have the dolby cinema there did you which really nice chairs? It was nice chairs. Yeah, they, it, was sh- cinema, it was it was screening room three, I believe. Okay, okay. So I don't know if you're familiar with that one. <laughs> so they weren't they weren't shaking. You know, they have the they have the cinema oh, there. No. Where no, the, it was the smaller screening. I think Barbarian's been out for a minute. It's like two two or three weeks. Yeah, I think by then they they move off the premium oh, screen stage. Yeah. Anyway, um, I didn't really know what to expect. I wasn't. I was kind of concerned about seeing a horror film, which is the genre I don't really watch very much or like. But um, just constantly, pleasantly surprised, terrified, but also very pleasantly surprised. What's a spoiler-free tag, like log line of the film? Um, in the middle, it switches to a different film, That's and it great. doesn't make any sense for a long time. And the, then, after the switch, yeah, and then finally it comes back, and it's like it's it's a smart screenplay. It's a really good film, and like, look. It's like, I don't, there's a couple actors that you know, but like, honestly, it's just a great story. And like, for me, it felt like I was able to both make fun of the movie in real time, but also be fully engaged and believing the world. And then, you know, to some extent, you forget your own life for a minute. It was interesting. So you're saying it didn't take itself too seriously, but was well enough produced, made with good enough story that the suspension of disbelief you were able to get into that. Yeah. Because if a film is too serious and it's still well made, I'm always, do you have this thing where you spend all your time just looking at the mechanics? I, I'll get into if it's too, to. if it's too serious, like um, and then I'm like, okay, someone was really trying here. Sometimes yeah. things look effortful. Yeah. So that's really what I'm going at. And some acting, like even great actors, I'll look at that and I'll be like, oh, that person is concentrating on doing this. Yeah. yeah. And my favorite acting performances. The Philip Seymour Hoffman's of the world, um, Duvall, even like I, I watched uh, Min- Midnight Run. Uh, Great movie. Again, yeah. yeah, yeah, and Grodin and De Niro. They're so they're so effortless in that movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. Everything is happening to them. They're well, they, not happening to the world. They weren't waking up at two a.m. looking at their cell phone. It wasn't two a.m. But yes, that's true. Yeah, I I can't. They didn't wake up and look at Twitter. No, I don't think they do um, now. Though they definitely do now. Well, you know, rest in peace, um, Grodin. But um, De Niro is definitely online. He's on Twitter. Yeah, he's pretty. He's online. on Twitter. I checked. He's on. His green light is on. Do you know he's active? <laughs> do you know? Um, do you know that De Niro's uh, all his a lot of his papers and stuff are here in Austin at the uh, UT? I didn't know that. Did he go to UT? 
No, but he donated a lot of materials to the Harry Ransom Center, which is this oh. research center at uh, UT that I loved going to when I when I went there, including his script for Taxi Driver. No shit. With all his annotations and notes. Oh, like original. after the shooting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Original. You can go there. You take like you take like a five minute thing that teaches you how to handle materials. Right. Put gloves on, and you can actually read the physical copy, not, not digital copies. And I did. I that. follow an Instagram account called um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like it's called Screenplayed, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it shows you what the script said versus what the characters, yeah, yeah, you know, performed. Yeah, I love that. Um, did you see? Uh, did you see Vengeance? I did. Yes, podcast. I had a feeling movie. you did. I had a feeling you did, folks. If you're haven't seen um, Barbarian, go check it out. We haven't spoiled it for you. If you haven't seen Vengeance, we're going to spoil that shit right now. Can we do that? I was about to ask. Yeah. So just fast forward. If you if you have seen Vengeance, let's g- get into it. Let's go to a quick commercial. Yeah. And if you have questions about golf and you're wondering, don't worry. This all ties in. And also, it's the off season, and we have some yeah, thoughts. We might get into some golf, but I, I, maybe, maybe not. I mean, we got to talk about some golf for the future. But um, do we have an ad read today? Yeah. Let's go to I have really special friends. Not only friends of the program. Oh. Uh, fundamental partners that make our business work. So stay tuned for that, that actually. Stick around. Google. Hello, Shopify. Apple. Shopify? We have an ad read for Shopify? We pay them. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, it's the sound of another sale on Shopify. We got to... We gotta let, me, ad- let, me, let me play that sound. Oh, you got a sound. Okay, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. reading before I'm playing. Go ahead. Uh, the, if you, when you hear this, it means that something we made just made its way to someone we love. Um, so we use Shopify, and it's, I gotta tell you, I mean, I could do a 97 minute ad yeah. read here, but we've been using Shopify for a long time, and this is a funny ad read because, like I said, we, we pay them monthly to be able to bring our favorite products to our members. So we're talking golf goods, like uh, we sell vice balls, we sell golf gloves, we sell um range finders range finders we sell some shoes we sell accessories jojo's wearing them we got a new shoe coming out this fall we also got some vice balls coming out pretty soon we got a big fall on shopify and um anyway they give us as an entrepreneur the resources once reserved for big businesses and it's what allows creators and small businesses like random golf club to compete in the modern world this is very true. You know, there's a 10 years ago, we wouldn't really have a business. So scaling our business is a journey with endless possibility. Yeah, it's really cool because Random Golf Club started out, you know, we were selling hats, basically merch. And now as we kind of grow, we're focusing on, you know, becoming a one-stop shop for everything in the game of golf. And the thing that I care about the most when I talk about how we use Shopify to support the needs of our members um, members is a word that most businesses would use the word customers for, but I, I like to think of y'all, if you've been to the shop as a member, we have a 4.9 rating of satisfaction on the shop, which to me is, it says that we're, we're making the right things, we're getting them to people in the right way, and uh, we help solve problems as they come up. And all of this being powered by Shopify is a great opportunity for us without it we wouldn't even have this opportunity so if you go to shopify.com slash uh slash eal show you're going to get a free trial and full access to shopify's entire suite of features we've used shopify the entire time that we've been online 
and uh, we've been to the Shopify. There's like a Shopify pop up down in Los Angeles. We went a couple Amazing. times. Yeah, we went in, and it was like, you know, and what, and, and the other cool thing, four point nine uh, member rating. But also, we're in the top 1% of uh, brands that launched around the same time as ours. So, guys, we're going to bring this shit home. So, go to Shopify.com slash EAL show, all lowercase, to start your free trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features if you want to go out and start your own shebang. Absolutely incredible. Thanks to the friends at Shopify. Talk to me about the movie. Truly incredible. Vengeance. Yeah, so vengeance. So, um... I thought it was interesting, and I, I'm going to close this. I mean, what did you, do we need to talk about Vengeance? We, we would talk about it for a minute. Like We could talk about it for a quick minute. I was happy you brought it up. There's not that many movies about a person making a podcast, <laughs> and I thought of you. Well, you know, it, the movie is uh, directed, written, and starring B.J. Novak. You know him as Ryan from The Office the temp guy from The Office, um, who also wrote that show. Um, and he is, he is being a little, he is, he's going in on podcasts too. You know, oh, you think he's making fun of podcasts? I, well, he's, yeah, he's definitely making fun of podcasts and kind of the, the ways in which we're, we tell stories now. He's with, definitely making fun of um, This American Life. Yes. Yeah, Ira Glass is, is in his target. He sounds like Ira Glass. Did he, did he think he glassed up his voice? I don't know if he glassed up. I don't think it was a Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, <laughs> deep dive into the character. Do you think Ira called BJ and was like, touche? I think Ira loved Vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would, be, would be my guess. John Mayer plays a larger role in that movie than I thought, if you recall. I mean, he's only in the first two minutes. Yeah, which was a larger role in the movie. Like, he's, he's really doing some dialogue. It's pretty funny. Um, They're kind of like, in the, the, actually, what's funny is that that scene made me uncomfortable. Do like the content of it? How much? Just because it, it was so fuck boys. Wait, is that what they were? They were, yeah, they were definitely being fuck. Boys. Oh, because I was gonna say I like I related too much. <laughs> okay. Is that what I am? No, you're not. <laughs> you're a wonderful human being. You can leave it in. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll decide. Wait, wait. <laughs> what is a fuck boy? A fuck boy is a person whose primary um, motivation. For talking to women is to have sex with them. Oh well, that's not my primary. Yeah, motivation. Well, well, there you go. So you're not a fuckboy. No, I want to have like a real relationship. Yeah, well, th- they're I putting think... their names and their phones as like. Well, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like that doesn't mean that that's all that you want. I also do you notice that the conversations they were having were the same conversations over and over and over. Again? Yes. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Oh, I don't know how to help you out here, but I'll keep giving you off roads. I don't know. I mean, it's like it just was funny because I was like, I was like, wow, this this is like, uh, it made me sad. How so? Just because it was like clearly his his whole character is that he's not he doesn't have any deep yes relationships yes uh, or any understanding of story in that sense yeah like he's out there grasping it's 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 kind of the ultimate lived in experience which actually does lead me to something i want to ask you about which is when you're writing something or you're creating something how difficult it is to do if you're not if you don't step outside of your existence and experience in life like how important it is to go on the road to go tell a story because there's an escapism element to that you, you relate to that? I don't know. I think it depends on... Because he does that in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, in New York City, I don't know. I think it depends on what inspires you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, for me, like, I'm much more inspired by being on the road. I was talking with my friend yesterday about it. Like, you know, 
when you're on the road, you're, um, you're like, <clears throat> your mailbox is open. You know what I mean? You're, you're like, your phone's not on silent. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're looking for it. Your antennas are up. Yeah. You know, whereas when you're home, you're like, mm, I need to get home and I need to rest. I need to like get ready for bed. You know what I mean? Like whatever. You know what I mean? Like when you're, when you're traveling, the candle burns on all sides. When you're at home, it's like, I have a routine. When I look at sources of inspiration, and I apologize to the listeners for the second Alaska reference in this podcast, too. We're, it may not be the last one either. <laughs> oh, that's tough. <laughs> that's a well, touche, as Ira Glass would say. Um, where uh, where I was was on this cape, the bottom of the Norton Sound, and uh, how it worked was there was this tiny little town. And a big hill you could drive out to about 10 miles from town. And after that hill would be all the activities we would do. We'd go out uh, ice fishing or kayaking or hiking or ATVing, anything, right? And the second you got over that hill, all service disappeared. Mm. There was nothing after that from sat radios to the T-Mobile plan I had, which was the only plan that would work in the town or whatever. Um, And it was this unique experience that the second we drove over that hill, every time we would do it, and all of our phones and whatever vehicle or car or snowmobile we were in immediately stopped working, it felt, it genuinely felt like something was coming off your shoulders. Mm. And you were just, okay, uh, for the next 18 hours, 16 hours, eight hours, however long you're going to be doing whatever you're doing, I am here. Right. And and all my attention and all my focus yeah. is here. And I don't know. For me, that's that's where inspiration is most likely to strike me. And I almost wonder if that's just probabilistic. It's more likely you're able to spend more attention on the things that could inspire you. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. When I don't have service, I get a deep sense of anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Sometimes. Um, <clears throat> Not all the time. So- sometimes it's actually quite nice. Yeah. But it needs to be the right. It needs to be planned. Well, that I think that kind of ties into it. I think it'd be different if I was looking at my phone, kind of going about my daily routine there or my job or whatever I was doing, and then all of a sudden the bars went away. Mm. Like there's nothing like when your phone breaks or you or as our friend Simon who lost his phone in yeah. Vietnam, he was texting me from his laptop throughout that, and he was like, "I just need a phone. I need a phone. I like need to get one back." And when he came back here and he had like three days for it to show up, he was like kind of constantly like i need to get it as soon as possible and yeah if you don't have control over it and you're in a position where they're very useful yeah then i think it just causes you anxiety yeah um yeah it's very much a tool do you go what do you do when you're golfing you you keep it i don't look at it you don't look at it yeah not anymore yeah well thanks to will ahmed (laughs) yeah i just don't want to know actually i had an apple watch for a minute and i still use it now i use the apple watch when i work out or when I or when I want to be without my phone and I can maintain like contact, you know, but I don't really wear the Apple Watch during the day. It's like too much. It's yeah. I mean, it's impossible to ignore. Yeah. Wait. So what were we talking about? We were going back. We were going back to um, vengeance, the podcast, inspiration, travel. Um, now there was something I wanted to pick up on. It was. Um, oh man, what was it? Well, you you said you were talking to your friend about traveling on the road. Oh yeah, thank you. Um, so it was oh it was the fuckboy thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was interesting to me because uh, I was like, wait a minute, 
right? Like looking at this thing. And I, 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 I totally separately, actually. So I saw that movie on Saturday night with my friend, uh, Drew, a guy. Vengeance. Yeah. And, um, you know, I definitely walked away and I was like, man, like that character was like, I didn't, I didn't like that I identified with that part of his life where he's just like kind of talking about girls. And I was like, wow, like that is like, is that me? And I don't think it is. But what I do think is interesting is that in the, in the movie, he doesn't have a lot of friends. No. And then the next day I was hanging out with my friend and um, she recommended a book that kind of ties in. It's this book called Platonic. Okay. I don't know if you've not, heard it. Not familiar with it. I'll, I'll see if I can pull it up. I started yeah. listening to it this morning. Um, it is... Um, it's fiction or, or is it... It's... Uh, I don't know what fiction is. It's non... It's, huh. it's a science book. Platonic. How the science of attachment can help you make and keep friends. Yes, exactly. And so it talks about... And the first, the first chapter is like the secret to making friends as an adult... Um, and it basically talks, it basically says that a platonic friendship is more important than a romantic relationship. And I started thinking about that and, um, I started thinking about the character in the movie in my own life. And I was like, wow, it's like, he's almost like, it's all centered around that. Yeah. It's all centered around like girlfriend. I need a girlfriend. I don't want to be single. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe the guy's a fuck boy. Maybe he's not. I don't know. We don't know. Like in the movie, it doesn't really go into that in enough detail. But I do know that from my own experience, it has felt like, I mean, I was married, right? And now it's like, you know, um, I'm not. And it's like, it's like, should I be single or not? I don't know. And what's been really, this is kind of getting vulnerable, but yeah, you're like, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm I'm actually d directly in the line between I'm uncomfortable and I have 35 questions. Yeah, fine. Well, ask me whatever questions you want. But like, the the there was a really funny transition to um, be recommended this book about how hard it is essentially to create friendships as you get older as an adult, especially when you know maybe you've moved to a new location, right? And you've left other friends behind, and you've moved for maybe for a job or. Maybe you move for a for a significant other, and then you have to make new friendships. And so, for whatever reason, it just made me think about Random Golf Club and how what we're really trying to do here is to create like a like a canvas so that you know we can have these friendships that are so ultra ultra important in our lives. And golf, in a lot of ways, is like the best way to do that because. I think while it's great to hang out in a group, that's super important as well. It's also great to just get like one-on-one -on -one time or like casual time over a period of time, casual interaction. So like, for example, a round of golf mm -hmm. uh, and like, I've got a new golf buddy, right? Like that's, you know what I mean? Like that's exciting. And you're like, oh yeah, we'll go play golf again. And all of a sudden it's like, they're at my wedding. And that happens all over with Random Golf Club. And that's something that it's been interesting to watch and hear about. But now I'm in the position of like, okay, I need to make this happen in my own life even further. So I'm excited to listen to the book. I just started this morning. And I'm excited to uh, dig deeper into kind of like just what that all means. Yeah, it's it's almost like the airplane mask thing. Like it's, you know. Which part? You, like, well, like I don't want to wear it? Well, no, like mask, <laughs> like oxygen mask. Oh, 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 put yeah, your own mask yeah, on. Yeah, put your own mask on. Got like, it. Yeah, you, you really got to take care of 
yourself and your friendships. I find that absolutely. It's it's very odd to be when you're in undergrad or when you're like kind of in college, how you're kind of constantly pummeled with new connections and friends. And this is not just true for college, but really a lot of early life, yeah, formative experience. And then even the second you trans out, transition out of it and you're in a job, and like so much of it is work related. So many of my friendships are the people I work with. Yeah, and it's the balance of there is something wonderful about the six or seven people who I golf with regularly and different things. And I know the people who are always down for a sunset round to walk until it's dark, even if it's 90 degrees out. And the conversations you can have out there, people, you know, people make fun of this, by the way, with golf. What do you mean? They say that men invented golf so that they can, you know, take walks together. Oh yeah. And still feel masculine. Um, I never heard that. You never heard this? Oh, this no. is uh, maybe this is like a TikTok trend. Oh, really? But there, there is kind of an ongoing thing. I mean, I can see like, it. Yes. I get it. It makes sense. Like, in fact, well, what's funny is like I, I would argue that golf was invented due to some type of like micro improvised competition, mm-hmm. and that is the same thing. I mean, football. Let's go watch the game. Let's hang out. Will you hang out with me? Yeah. Hey, would you want to spend Just some? Be my friend. Want to spend some time? I like the team you like. We can be friends. You guys want to wear their names on our backs? I'm wearing a burnt orange shirt. We're friends, right? Yeah. Oh, that speaks to, that speaks to my life experience <laughs> and lived experience. You know? Anyway, I just think it's like, it's all a very interesting conversation. And the reason why I think it's even interesting enough to talk about in this podcast is not only personally am I kind of working into this situation, question, solution, idea, but even further, like, it's a big part of what Random Golf Club is about. And that's why, you know, I mean... Uh, we're excited to be discussing how membership is going to work its way into your life as a listener right now. I don't know, you know, where you are in the world or what you're doing, but uh, the chances are that we all are kind of having the same experience without even really realizing it. And so our, our real thinking here, when we look at membership and, you know, I don't know if you, maybe you were even one of the people who was involved in the survey that we did a few months ago, but our aim there was to understand is membership something that you would want? And if it is, what would you want it to consist of? And how much would that be worth to you? And so literally, you gave us kind of the blueprint for what we're creating now, you know, spoiler alert, not just for uh, Vengeance, but also for Random Golf Club membership, but that's coming um, in the first period of 2023. And we're really excited. And it's all aimed at, you know, our belief internally, which is that, um, authentic communities um, improve people's lives. Yeah, the only thing I'm sure uh, unsure about is the decision to call the program Vengeance. I thought that was <laughs> interesting. Internally, that's the code name. Who we're taking yeah. Vengeance again. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll track back with that. Let's end on this, Eric. Um, we're going to be hearing from you on next week's show uh, in a faraway place. Oh, yeah, I've got a bit of a trip coming up here. So um, we're today... Uh, yeah, I leave. I'm going to go speak at a conference. You're going to be on a panel? Which is going to be very interesting. Yeah, I'm speaking. No, not a panel. Just just a headliner. Just I don't know if I'm the headliner. I'm just alone on stage okay, for an hour. Yeah. And I'm talking about, well, I'm talking about whatever I want to talk about. But the thing that I'm going to talk about, it's a camera conference. So it's it's all for owners of camera stores, which I happened to work at when I was 16, a camera store. But basically, the thinking is it'll be along the lines of um, uh, y- y- photography is a language. Uh, camera is a voice, 
Uh, if you have a voice and a language, you can tell a story. And if you can tell a story, you can bring people together. Is this, does this have anything to do with that Instagram post I saw you, um, you put up over the weekend? What did I post over the weekend? You're saying you were, you were kind of metaphorically equating the nautical miles oh, around yeah. the globe. To <laughs> yeah. The, to the amount of photos in a, in a, uh, the words in a photo. Yeah. You got photos on your mind recently. You took yeah. a film camera to Vietnam. Yeah, that's true. I took a film camera. Yeah. That was just, I, I bought that a while ago. I bought that like a year ago. Yeah, just to like mm, put some intentionality around the pictures to be taken. Yeah, there's a, a Scandinavian photographer, and maybe I'll put the name in the show notes because I, I, it's not springing to mind, but he had this philosophy that he had to wait a certain amount of time before he would develop any of his film. Oh, wow. Because he believed that he it was impossible for him to be unbiased about the photos he took. Right. Because he could still remember the experiences when he was taking them. So if he would sacrifice that experience for being able to objectively curate his own work and art by not remembering. Right. And he died with 20,000 back rolls Whoa. of film in a backlog that he had he was you know he refused to touch cuz he hadn't gotten to the cycle. Super Swedish. The just yes, very so very my struggle, yeah. Um the gestation period of his photography and and we're doing it by the way trifecta. And when I was in Alaska, I knew I tried that. I did that. When I went up there, I said, I, I brought my film camera up and I said, I'm not going to touch, I'm not going to develop a single cellular, cellulite, cell, cellulite of, um, of photography until I'm back. Right. And now I can look at them and, and I can really try to critically judge right. what, what it looks like, which is intentionality. Yeah, actually, from one of the roles I developed, there was a picture from last Thanksgiving, which is 10 months old. I sent it to the guy. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, Sean, here's a picture. And he was like, where did you get that? <laughs> I was like, from my film camera. He's like, when was that? Yeah. He couldn't even remember. It was him holding a Polaroid camera. It's such a gift, though, isn't it? Yeah. I, uh, he must have been so excited. And it's actually, it's an interesting point. The whole, the whole concept of film, really, the only thing that makes it special is time. Yes. Because it's the same thing. You take a picture. Well, it's it's time, but also it's mystery. You don't know what it looked like. Mm -hmm. You can't. You don't know whether or not you should have taken another, <laughs> or you know. And of course, all the the little accidents. Yeah. That um that result in images you never even would have thought of. Yeah. Which which are great. So you're doing that. I'll bring the film camera with me. I'm going to go speak on this panel. That'll be really exciting. Not a panel. I'm going to go speak at this conference. I'll, I'll I'm going to record it and I'm going to put it up on Instagram. I'm kind of curious to see awesome how it goes. Um. And then go straight to Ireland to go back to St. Patrick's Links. Rosa Penna. Yeah, I'm playing in Tom Doak's Renaissance Cup for the second year. Hopefully, I make it past the second round. I'm going to win this fucking thing. So, in order to do this, do you need a handicap? No, it's actually all everyone plays off even. Everyone plays off even. Yeah. Do you have a what's the what's the? Format? But I need a handicap for. I'm also going to go play in a member guest in Dallas in a month. Okay, so time to get back on the grind. Yeah. Maybe we should film it and finally do the what is Eric's official handicap video. Um. Yeah, we could do that. I don't want to film the tournament, but we no, could, no, no, we could the, make a what's the, not we could make a what's in the handicap video. Yeah, but you know we get that comment all the time. Like, oh yeah, are you actually this or what's the deal? Like, yeah. Settle <laughs> it. Settle it once and for all. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I would need to play some rounds. We can we can do that. That is accomplishment. And we'll, we'll, we'll we're going to start tonight in the middle of the night. Does that count? Butler. Does night golf count? I don't. I, yeah, hey, I'm not Grint. You know, I'm not the I'm not the USG. Oh, that's the handicapping app. That's good. Uh, that's a good place to start. Okay, well, uh, what's your format for? And then we'll end this. But what's your format for this tournament this weekend? And what are you trying to score? Uh, I don't actually know what the format is. It's basically um, it's basically nine hole matches 
And I think it's best ball in a pair. And your playing it's not partner? A shamble. It might be a shamble. My partner's John Casey. I love a shamble. Yeah. Shamble might be my favorite format. Yeah. Off the tee is where I'll, I lose all my strokes. Yeah. So that makes everything happier. Yeah. John's a pretty good golfer. I'm really excited. So he's he's the the younger brother of the pair of brothers that operate mm-hmm. the golf course. And they're just, he's a funny guy. He's in the 24 hour video. Um, he's in the um, AIG from St. Patrick's, the first episode of the year. So I'm super excited, and it's such a great, um, you know, group of people that make up Tom's kind of world of like, you know, golf course um, builders, shapers, architects, superintendents, friends, other golf course owners, um, golf media people. So yeah, I'm I'm like I'm really excited to like come back and like kind of celebrate the game and where it's at. Well, if you want to find out how Eric does this weekend. Follow him on Instagram. Oh god. You never plug it. Eric Anders Lang. Yeah, I have an Instagram. Yeah, it's 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 great. You you know, you get insights. I don't post that much, but I just post pictures of my dog and every once in a while like a sunset. I think that's a good sell. <laughs> I think I think you're not gonna post too much and the content will be varied, but I'm sure you'll you'll kind of take people along for that experience. And also you can check in uh, next week on the EL show. Yeah. Um to hear from Ireland and otherwise, yeah, thank you. Double header uh for this week is Vengeance and Barbarian. Yeah. Um, don't miss that. It's exciting. And get ready for uh, when does Golf Line come out? Golf Line that... comes out in two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. So, so right, I gotta, I'm going to throw it in Alaska. Yeah.